Hello, and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we're going to talk about websites. Yay! <laughs> websites, they're all the rage these days. My instincts tell me they're really going to catch on. It's this internet thing. So so obviously, uh, probably everyone listening to this, I'm going to go out, go out on a limb and say everyone listening to this podcast has a website. Pretty much everyone, I, I would guess. Yeah. But we wanted to start off by questioning that sort of tacit assumption that everyone needs a website and just start off by asking, why do you need a website? Do you need a website? What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I mean, the answer for most of us is yes, we need a website and there are some other options. But, you know, when I think about the websites that, that I look at, you've got some that are really more of a billboard. It's like, mm -hmm. this is who I am. This is what we do. Maybe this is what it costs. Uh, contact me here. Right. right. Mm -hmm. And then you've got kind of the client attraction style where it's maybe there's a lot of content and you you're giving them a place to go and to read or watch or listen to your point of view and slowly build up your relationship with those people. And then mm -hmm. maybe the third, although I think it, you know, it can interact with the other ones is what I think of as more of an e-commerce site. Right. Yes. Come here, see my stuff. Bye. Yep. Bye now. Totally agree. Yeah. So, the, I mean, those are sort of the categories for the kinds of people that are probably listening to this that I would think are typical. Mm -hmm. And do you see it as a progression from from the billboard to the, call it the engagement site or the educational site to the e-commerce site? Or do you think that certain types of professionals and authorities just don't need to go to that top level eventually? I think it, oh God, what a consultant's answer. I think it depends. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working with somebody now where I don't think she'll ever go past the billboard stage because she's an established person. She's not interested in building national or global authority. She really, um, you know, she works mostly by referral. So she just needs a place for people to go where she has control over the message. Mm -hmm. um, but I think she'll, you know, she'll stop there. And then, you know, there's lots of other people where it is a progression. You know, you start with, oh, this is what I'm doing. And then maybe you start to develop some content, you know, podcasts some blog posts some videos. And then, you know, you may or may not get to the point where you want to do either simple or complex e-commerce kind of depends where you want to take your, your brand and your business, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, I have a, a lot of I, here's what I see with my students is that a lot of people essentially have a billboard site. It's kind of like a resume. Here are the skills I have. These are the things I, I do. Here's my proprietary process, uh, even if they go that far. And then at some point they heard that they need to blog in order to attract traffic. So they have a kind of half-hearted mishmash of random posts and, uh, and, and it kind of just stagnates. And that's a, probably the extent of it. And the, the problem with that, if there is a problem with that, it's that it's not generating any leads for them. They're not, it's not doing anything for them. Mm -hmm. And I would almost, not almost, I actually tell them, delete the blog, like get rid of that part. It's just garbage. It looks like your garage. You're, you're, you know, <laughs> your garage. Like an, my garage. Yeah. My, my garage is very clean right now, post Thanksgiving. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just delete it. Like take, take some of the best articles, and turn it into a, a small resource center if you even have that much content. But really, I, I mean, I do think that anybody who sells services 
really does need to have, probably does need to have a website unless they're already established and they get a ton of word of mouth referrals. So there's that, but probably you're, you know, dear listener, you're not in that situation. So you probably do need a website that at least allows people to get in touch with you and perhaps build some sort of sense of authority. You know, they, people understand you know, how brilliant you are. <laughs> and uh, I think taking, taking it to the next level, even to the sort of educational resource where you're doing some really focused and regular blogging or content production, whether it's video, audio, whatever, and then maybe going to the next level of having an e-commerce site, I think needs to be very intentional and it can, it requires a lot of different skills and it is something that you are going to have to almost certainly spend uh, some money on and if not money, a lot of time. So yes. what, you know, I know you, you, Michelle, you've got a blog post that it's like uh, a checklist of skills that you need to kind of execute on this progression. Is that, is it, could you give people like a high level overview of that? And then maybe we could link to it in the show notes. Yeah, because I, I, one of the reasons I wrote the post is because so many people have had such bad experiences putting together a website team to either create or update a website. So when you think about the skill sets you need, and I'm not saying these need to be different people, just skill sets. So one is you need strategy, right? So what's your brand and your business model? Your key messages, your sweet spot clients and buyers. How will your brand get expressed on the site? So that's the big picture piece. And then you need copywriting. So how does your brand you know, and your business get expressed in writing? And then design, which you know, we all know we need design, right? And that's how does all this get expressed visually? Then you've got development, which I think of as the programming. So how is the site actually going to function in a way that expresses your brand and your business? And then the last piece people forget about, but is probably the most important thing, is project management, which is how is your project going to get done properly as well as on time and on budget? So you need those five skill sets. Even if you do them all yourself, you have to have those represented to have a successful website project. Excellent. Love that list. And we'll link to that. You've got like a checklist and a more detailed uh, description of all those items at your website that we will link to in the show notes. At your website. Nice segue. Yeah. There, well, there's a... So <laughs> and there's a, a PDF download, so it'll be easy to take away. Excellent. Cool. So I think, I think a really interesting question to ask next is how much should someone expect to pay for a website, whether, you know, depending on where they're at, which type they're trying to build. Uh, it's, it's a really wide range. Uh, I've seen it all is. sorts of numbers. It is. Um, well, and, and, you know, let's start with like the lowest, you know, the lowest possible, right. Which is like a Squarespace or a Wix space. I mean, you could do that yourself and, you know, it's just a monthly ongoing cost. I'm not even sure what that is now. $20, $20 a month, $25 a month, something like that. Mine's a Squarespace site and I don't even know how much, it's so low. I don't even know how much it is. It might be $9. Exactly. If it's under a hundred dollars, you usually don't really even notice what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the, you know, the low, the low end, but when you start to look at more custom solutions, then, you know, I think the first price point is about five grand. I mean, you can do it for less, uh, you know, depending on your message and, and what kind of a design and programming uh, package you can get. Um, but if you think of the price points, kind of five grand, 10 grand, and then sort of the other end of the range is 50,000 plus. And you might be thinking, how in the hell can I create a website that's going to cost $50,000? But trust me, it is possible. 
Um, so those, I see those as kind of the break points. How, how about you, Jonathan? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can almost spend as much as you want on a site, depending on how fancy you want it to be and how much content, you know, sophisticated content production you need to put together. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you put together a few pro videos on the site, and if you lump that into the site cost, that can get very expensive. Yes, exactly. So I can, I, I'm way at the low end of the spectrum. So for the longest time, I was really just selling development services, and it was all around, especially around mobile development. So I almost ironically, but on purpose, created a site that was incredibly fast and incredibly good on phones and so on and so forth, but it was uh, comically utilitarian. <laughs> so just text, you know, black text on a white background, very, very readable. Uh, if you're familiar with the readability feature of mobile Safari, I basically copied that design, just really easy to read. Mm -hmm. And I sort of poured all of my effort into writing good copy and... I didn't really have a blog. I had some articles that I would post, but it wasn't really a blog. And it was really just, uh, you know, a sort of billboard site. And that was free. I was a web, you know, I was am a web developer and built that myself. It was really all about getting the copy together and collecting all of the, you know, here's where I've spoken. Here are the mm -hmm. kinds of clients that I've worked with and collecting all those materials. Uh, but then when I focused on, on credit unions, I knew that design was not, was, was going to repel my type of buyers. It needed to be a little bit more buttoned up, a little bit more professional looking. And I was looking for that kind of a change anyway. So uh, I I vowed that I would not do it myself, even though I was totally <laughs> uh, you know, capable of doing at least the development part. Um, but I didn't, I wasn't going to do that. I said, nope, I'm not going to waste my time on that. I'm going to hire someone. I asked around and I got a company called Knapsack Creative. I think they're from Chicago, although I don't really know, it could be Brooklyn. Uh, lots of bricks in the background uh, <laughs> uh, in their in their cool office, and it was you know uh, it's not they don't charge the same for every website, but mine was only twenty eight hundred bucks because I already had all the copy written, I had all the photos, um, almost all the photos I needed. I said, okay, here are the pages of my current site. I just want to make make them look pretty on Squarespace. They only do Squarespace. And in terms of design direction, I just said, I want it to look like I'm trustworthy and expensive. So sort of like a luxury brand kind of look, go for it. I didn't even tell them what colors I wanted. I just, you know, typeface, all that stuff. I'm like, you guys are the designers, you figure it out. Uh, when they presented it to me, I tweak one of the pop colors a little bit, you know, I was like, eh, that looks a little too much like fish to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so whatever. I mean, but they basically ran with the design. Uh, all of the strategy and copywriting stuff uh, was already done because they were just sort of, they weren't reskinning an existing site, but they had an existing site that I was happy with to work with, mm -hmm. you know, and it's really just a billboard site. So like I said, it was, um, it wasn't too big a deal. So that was like uh, 2,800 bucks. They did it in one day. So the project That's management amazing. piece was pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. really. So they had me. We met once on the phone or we'll Skype and then we, they said, okay, well, you know, we need you to take the stuff from your existing site, put each page into a word document and then create a folder with all the images and we'll run with it. And then during that one day, they said, make sure you're free throughout the day. And then we have a check-in every two hours or so. And I would give them feedback and then they'd keep going. And by the end of the day, it was done. So that was a really, and the only other expense I had was I, I paid up. A photographer to come to my office and shoot some photos and it was like 300 bucks which i thought was a great deal that is a great deal 
Yeah. So for, you know, what's that? 3,200, 3,300 dollars? No, 3,100 dollars. And, you know, a teeny bit of effort on my part, maybe three hours of effort on my part. Uh, Brand new website, which uh, has the Rochelle seal of approval. So it's not too bad. (laughs) And and how many pages is it, Jonathan, roughly? Uh, Maybe eight. You know, it's like, it's weird the way Squarespace does it though, because you can recombine them. So it's really like modules. Right. And I will tell people that, you know, you said you, people could do Squarespace on their own. And that is true, but there's a significant learning curve with Squarespace. Well, I shouldn't say significant. It's a lot easier than building a site from scratch, but it's confusing at first. So it helps to maybe watch a few videos about how to do it. But really, it's like a homepage. So my top level nav, there's like five links. And then there's some a couple of subpages, but that's mm-hmm. it. Right. Well, it's that whole idea of doing it yourself. I mean, I think there's a lot you can do yourself. Whether you should or not is, is another question. I mean, there is no way I'm going to program a website for myself ever. It is not going to mm-hmm. happen. I don't want, my time is, I, there's so many more things I'd rather do with my time than that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're starting up and you're bootstrapping, you know, you look for those options. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, it was like, I don't know, I could have spent more, but I didn't really see the point. You know, I didn't, and I, I knew I wasn't going to start blogging and turn it into like a big educational content type site. I didn't care about that. Mm-hmm. I do that elsewhere. I do that on social media and with webinars. I wasn't, didn't need to bake that into my site. Mm-hmm. So, so what I'm curious, you know, I, I'm sure that that's, that's probably at the very bottom end of any projects you've done for clients price wise. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know, I was, I, what I thought I would do, uh, for, for, uh, this podcast is I thought I would go back and see, since I just finished redoing my website, I would pull all the invoices and see what I spent. Um, so the grand total was $4,605. Um, oh. and so, yeah. And so I, I, if you break it down from the skill sets we talked about, so the strategy and copywriting, obviously I did myself. Um, the design, I hired a designer I've worked with before. She's developed all my brand identity stuff. So it was relatively easy for her to, um, you know, create sample pages for the programmer. So that was uh, $2,512. Um, the uh, developer programmer uh, gave me what I thought was a great deal. This is all in WordPress, by the way. Uh, that was $880. Um, and then my VA, who always works with me, but I just kind of looked at the portion of her charges that seemed to apply to the website. She helped me with images and with ConvertKit was $1,028. And then for photography, I was using existing images from another shoot. So it was 185 bucks. So yeah, (laughs) you're not going to get that deal, I don't think. But it's so, you know, so for 4,600 bucks, roughly, you know, I was able to do, uh, and I went and counted, I have 25 pages on my website, which I mean, sounds ridiculous. Um, but a lot of those are resource pages. And I did that, you know, quite intentionally, because I wanted people to be able to dig in deeper, if they're interested in in branding and business. Excellent. And and how, how long did it take you? I seem to remember that this was prolonged. Oh boy, was it prolonged. And you know, and the reason it was prolonged is is me, really, because I was doing several things at once. The first thing that I did is I was morphing from MailChimp to ConvertKit. So there was mm-hmm. a learning curve for me there in understanding exactly how I wanted to use ConvertKit and sequences and forms. So mm-hmm. I wanted to understand how that works. And that's, I don't know, maybe some people listening to this don't care, but I wanted to know the process so that I could think strategically about how to use it going forward. Uh, So Mm -hmm. there was that piece. Um, And then the, um, you know, I I mentioned I got a great deal on the programming. Well, he squeezed me in 
is, is really what happened. And so when something else would you know, come up, my project would get moved to the side. So that's what happened. And I don't recommend doing that generally. Um, I did it because this is someone I've worked with many, many times. And he's at the, at the end, he's reliable. Um, so I, so I did that, but really, and, and we can talk about that in, in the context of a $10,000 website, but that is a very unusual price tag for development of a website. Um, yes. Yeah. So we're, we talked earlier, I think when we were preparing for this show, maybe last week, we talked about the, the sort of price range for WordPress developers. So like the way I see it in terms of, in terms of the way websites I mean, I'm a web developer, okay? I've been doing it for over a decade, uh, well over a decade. And for me, like that job, the way that it used to be, everything was hand-rolled and now almost nothing is. So what you're basically seeing is sort of sort of lower end sites that look good are probably Squarespace or if they have e-commerce, they're probably Shopify. And if you want anything that those kind or, or Wix, and if you want something that one of those platforms doesn't offer, you go to WordPress. That's like, real, that's it. And I, there's some like nerds that I know that do like static sites and that's fine. That's cool too. But that's not for the average bear. And I think the average bear, it's pretty much like one of these hosted solutions like Squarespace. Mm-hmm. And then you go up a tier to some level of WordPress shenanigans, which uh, gets complicated fast. It's very powerful, but it does get complicated fast. So for for something like a ten thousand dollar website, what's the difference from in your experience between doing a you know the four or five thousand dollar project for yourself where you can sort of fill in the shoes of two of the big big skill sets and say a ten thousand dollar website for maybe a book author who's not technical at all and and really is maybe a doctor or a professor or something and, and doesn't really can't really fill in much, if any, of these skill sets. Um, well, it, it, those folks are tend to go with some kind of a different solution. Either they're using, you know, if, if they're not working with me, for example, they might be going to someone local in their community and trying to make it work that way, which isn't always the best solution. Sometimes it works out well. Um, or they're going to go to uh, somebody like your uh, your Chicago or Brooklyn firm, which, by the way, I love that business model of doing it in a day. I think that's brilliant. It gets around a lot of the problems with this. Um, but you know what I was thinking about when I was thinking about a $10,000 website? I was thinking about someone that I worked with who had a website already and was really more about the client attraction idea. So he had lots and lots of content and he was already in WordPress and he had a local uh, developer. And so he had a relationship with somebody. So, you know, he here's how he spent his 10 grand. So he had trouble figuring out exactly how to position himself and what those messages should really be. So on his roughly $10,000 budget, um, he spent 7,500 on brand strategy. So 75% of his budget went to who am I? How do I position myself? What are my messages? He wrote his own copy because he said, you know, that was the problem for him. He's a good writer. And he said, I just couldn't figure out exactly the angle to take. But once I knew what it was, I can write my own copy. He project managed it himself. Um, His design fees were about 1500 bucks. 
Um, and now just know that his identity had already been done. So he had the logo, he had his colors, he had the fonts, he had all that. So design was really about making sure the pages looked good when they were laid out and the image selection. Um, yeah, the execution. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's not a small thing. It's, it's really important to get that looking just right. And then uh, his, so his development was, was just under a thousand dollars and he used image free or uh, free photography for his images. So uh, when you add that all up, it was 99.50. I mean, he literally came in under <laughs> 10. And so he had a 14 page website and I, I'm not suggesting you look at this in terms of cost of page per site, but I think it's interesting. So that comes out to about $700 a page. My 25 page site came out to about $200 a page. So um, just to give you an order of magnitude, a typical website copywriter will charge you $1,000 a page for just the copy. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's higher than I expected. Yeah. And well, I say somebody who, you know, somebody who's, you know, top end good works with professionals, that's about what it's going to cost. So yeah, so $700 a page starts to look pretty good for everything or $200 a page. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're reminding me that I paid $1,000 for a book cover, which is like one single static image. Yeah, you know, yeah. And uh, one thing I want to, I just want to reiterate is the importance of having that focus and that strategy because all of this other money is thrown down the toilet if you don't have that first. Yeah. It's like if you're going to spend coin on a website, figure out what your angle is first because it's like I, I keep I have this visual when you were saying this, I had this visual in my mind of like a, a big like diamond, a multifaceted kind of gem. And there's like sitting in front of the window and there's just like very sunny out right now. And I was imagining angling the diamond in a way that it's just sort of like through uh, like light all over the place mm -hmm. and then angling in a different way where it came, comes down to a really focused beam that would like almost catch something on fire. Uh -huh. And that, if you don't angle that sort of diamond that you are, dear listener, <laughs> if you don't angle that, not to strain the metaphor too much, if you don't angle it just right to get that really focused like laser beam coming out of it, it's, it's not going to be as effective. It's just not going to start a fire, which is probably what you're trying to do. So, uh, it's critical, I think, to get that thing angled in the right way. And when you do that, like you said, I, it's been my experience that once I I can help someone click into that position, like what, what that is sort of like their focus, mm -hmm. they can often run with it. Yeah. You know, most people I write with, most people I work with can write. Uh, or they can either write or they, they're either writers or speakers. So, you know, they're, they're software developers, but they're good at one of those two things or we wouldn't be working together. So they, they can usually run with it once we say, okay, here's your, here's your focus for your website. You're probably going to do a million other things, you know, for a while in your actual business when you're working with people. Mm -hmm. But let's focus on this. And then it makes the, I believe that it makes the marketing piece. It's the secret sauce of a website that works. It is. And it doesn't matter if it's three pages or 15 pages or 150 pages. It's if you don't have that, it's it's a waste of time. I mean, what happens a lot of times in my experience is that when people are first starting out, that's when you do, you know, you're bootstrapping and you may do it yourself. And so maybe you have a three page website and that's fine. Just be clear on who you are and you can you can put up three pages or two pages or one page and you can work on it as you go, especially if you're a freelancer kind of just escaping, you know, cubicle land and, and starting a new business. 
business, you, you can keep it really simple. You can add all this functionality later once you really are clear on who you are. Yeah, I can't emphasize that enough. I, I completely agree with that because if you take on a... It, it, you just, I just see so many people get paralyzed by the number of decisions that potentially could be made on a website. And and I I am all the time just like, no, just get one page up, just one good page and that's it. And, and build it from there, like let it grow organic, not, not organically per se, but, but once you have that up and you start getting feedback from people, maybe you've got a, a lead magnet on there and you can start to have a mailing list. Uh, then you can have a more of a conversation with people and know, ha- have a little bit better answer to those questions that come up when you're doing something like a web project, you know, well, should we do it like this or do it like that? Well, if you've got people you can ask who are your ideal customers, you can just ask them. And I'm not saying have them design your site for you, but you know, if if you know, it's nice to have a um, an outside opinion, especially if it's someone who is from your audience. You know, like does this make sense to you? Am I am I is this message getting communicated? Like I know what I'm saying, but I don't know if you're hearing it and, and hearing it the same way that I mean it. So you can really having a, a little whether it's an email community or some other kind of forum that's grown up around whatever it is that you do. Uh, I, I think it makes a lot of sense to sort of, you know, have that homepage, then uh, go to maybe a product or maybe a, a free, you know, whatever it is, but just do it a little bit slowly. If, if you don't already have a website and you already have this fully formed idea of what's going to be there and you don't really have this huge pile of content, which is the case for many people, you know, they, they sort of know where they want to get, but they're at the very beginning of the journey and the idea of, of even doing like a homepage and an about page and a contact us page and a services page is like, ah, Calgon, take me away. It's intimidating, you know? And, and yeah, one page just feels much more doable. And I think what happens is as you grow and your website grows with you, all of a sudden, you know, like when I was doing my own site, I have this trouble doing this for clients, but for myself, I looked at all the pages and went, oh my God, I know this needs to be reorganized so that the content's more accessible. You know, where do I start? And it's, it just feel, it can feel overwhelming versus you know doing a page at a time or later, you know, wrapping it into little chunks and doing it a little bit at a time. Cool. Well, I think, you know, the takeaways I think from this episode for me are do the strategic piece, have someone do it if you can't do it yourself. And it's hard to do it yourself. Have someone, have someone help you with that. Get it, get to where, get to where you've got something that really clicks with you. Just really, really lights you up and feels right. And, and then, you know, get help (laughs) with the other pieces if you're not good at them. And you can, you can spend really anything you want. I mean, you've got other examples that are, you know, mid to high five. I, I know someone who recently f- finished a six-figure design-only project for uh, for a, a big company, you know. And, and that's not the same thing that we're talking about here. It's not like a personal site. But, you know, you can spend pretty much whatever you want on a website. Oh, yeah. So, you know, get your strategy down. Pick Kind of pick a budget, I guess. And, and just break it all into break it into pieces that are super manageable for you. Like, you know, maybe just start with a homepage or just here's how to contact me and that kind of thing. And then over time grow it into the marketing behemoth that it will eventually be. (laughs) The key question to ask yourself, I think is, you know, once you know, that is, is what is best done by you 
and what should you outsource? And then to be realistic about the balance between your budget and your expectations. So, you know, just keep it, keep it tightly focused and do the things that you're good at and find somebody else to do the things that you aren't. Awesome. All right, folks, we will put some links to, uh, we'll put a bunch of links, actually. I think we've probably got a half dozen links from this episode. Uh, So you can find those at thebusinessofauthority.com. And uh, thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.